This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Week five here, six rings and football things back for the Cadillac edition. That's right. Yes. Like Cadillac, W-E-E-I.com. Cadillac's crucial clashes as we you do got it. every week. Nailed it. Getting really good. Hitting, unlike the Patriots and the Saints, I'm hitting my midseason form. Uh, unfortunately, these two teams do not have um, the best track record through the first four games of the season. We will get into that. Some of the matchups, the analytics, all the different things, the stats from this, because uh, really interesting, I think, both teams in a lot of ways. Uh, not necessarily interesting in a great way, but kind of interesting in a, huh, wow. Now I see yes. why they're middling football teams kind of way. But first, Mike, this is uh, where we kind of kick things off talking to you about the stories of the week. Um, and there was no bigger story this week than, I guess, the top two stories in New England, which would be, or top three stories. So Mac Jones stinks. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick's on the hot seat. And yep. Matthew Judon, your best player, is groggily waking up from surgery and posting, I'll be back. Yes. Um, where do you want to start? Address those three topics in whatever order you feel. All right. Let's hit all three. Um, first and foremost, yes, Mac Jones did, in fact, stink on Sunday in Dallas. Um, he wasn't good. It was probably his worst performance as a Patriot to date. No um, probable. No, no, no. No, no, no. That, okay. was, that was as bad as it's been. Yeah, okay, you're right. That was as bad as it's been. That was his worst performance as a Patriot. Um, if he were my no, son, I'd tell him to look for a ride home. You ain't getting in this car. <laughs> yeah, no uh, no feel for the game. No confidence at all. Turnover after turnover. He completely unraveled. Um, there's no excuse. Um, I get that the excuse has been the offensive line and the weapons, but even at that, he's performed much better than that with the same offensive line of weapons. So Sunday was on him. Uh, can he bounce back? We will see. Uh, he's not going to lose the starting quarterback job, at least not yet, because we've talked about it a billion times on this show. We've talked about it off air. Bailey Zappi is not better than Mac Jones, uh, no matter how you want to slice it. So uh, he's going to have to get better if they want to get this thing back on track. Um, and that's sort of, and we'll talk about it in our, as we get into the matchups, that's sort of one of the matchups I have here is Mac Jones getting that confidence back. Um, can I interrupt just real quick? Because I, I agree with you totally. Okay. Mac Jones is by far your best quarterback. It's his job. And I believe that, except the first thing that jumped into my head was uh, Rick Ankiel, 
If you remember him, he was a pitcher who then yeah. um, started to no longer be able to pitch and an outfielder to, too, to right? an outfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a world where a pitcher can, a major league baseball pitcher can lose it so badly, he has to be turned into an outfielder. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones could lose his job. Like if he continues to do what he did in the second quarter and just looks like, by God, he's broken. Like his brain Fair. is toast. He can't do this anymore. He's, you know, those like in the movies, they show an old lady trying to get on the highway and she's at like <laughs> the, the ramp and it's like, yeah, whizzing by and she just can't do it. Like her yeah. brain won't allow her to do it. So we have to at least. Leave, so he like, won't lose his. So he won't lose his job, I guess. He's starting this week. Yes. It is his job this week. There's but you no can't play the way he played Correct. like that. If that happens, everybody would lose their job. It's just like, that is sorry, Mackie. I need somebody that can do the job. Right. No, I'm with you. And so I guess we can we can turn that into my, my next point, which is Bill Belichick on the hot seat. So, look, in the talk, you're right. It's the talk of the town. Is Bill Belichick done? Can he turn this thing around? You know, does he have a leash? Is he deservedly, again, on the hot seat? Could he be fired? Look, I think his leash is already kind of up. Like, we talk about, like, oh, well, you know, he gets the benefit of the doubt because he is the greatest coach of all time. Like, he's got the benefit of the doubt for the last 18 months, and they have not been good, and they've made poor decision after poor decision, and there's no discipline, and there's no, like – they don't have the players that you need to win in this league. And he's the GM just as much as he's the head coach. Like, look, his time's kind of up. And I'm not sitting here and, you know, slamming the table for Belichick's job just yet. But if Robert Kraft thinks that there is a better option out there, at least according to his own words, he should make the move. Because I pulled it for a column on WEI.com earlier this week, like, when is enough going to be enough for Robert Kraft? And using his words against him from the owners' meetings in March, he said, look, I don't want to just make a change to make a change. I want to make a change if there's a better option out there. And then he went on to say how much he loves Gerard May and how he's going to be a head coach in this league and how he's in the building for a reason. And I want him to be here long term, and he's going to be a head coach in this league. Like, okay, so if Belichick stinks and you have this guy you love here, then why don't you fire Bill and make the move to the interim? Like that's the tea leaves I'm reading from his words. And maybe I'm taking it a bridge too far, but they're one and three. If they drop to one and four, if they continue to suck like they did on Sunday in Dallas, then there's going to be, you know, even more talk of this, you know, hot seat moving on for Belichick thing. And I don't think Kraft cares about this John Shula record as much as we think he does. And I continue to add in the uh, the optics because I do think Robert Kraft cares what people think, what the PR is, what the optics are. Right. And on Sunday, he sat in Jerry Jones Stadium, his frenemy or whatever that relationship is, right. against America's team with the 425 national time slot. Everybody watching, I think it was 23 million fans and change. Yep. His team was embarrassing to the point where basically the whole fourth quarter was the Fox broadcast crew talking about like, the hell's going on in new england where does the franchise go who's their quarterback like that can't sit well with robert and jonathan craft nope. so i'm with you i don't expect a firing i really i really can't envision the in-season removal of bill belichick right but it's at least a talking point it's at least a 100%. and you're right it's not like so if mac craps the bed again you go into bailey zappy who i fully expect would also crap the bed or malik cunningham who would absolutely crap the bed get will greer in there and get some west virginia spread them out will, right just will greer it. yeah 
But in coaching, you have Gerard Mayo, who not only Robert Kraft has said he thinks he's going to be a head coach, other teams have asked to interview him. His perception around the league is future head coach, really impressive leader. You have a better option to replace Bill Belichick than you do Mac Jones. Like it's an easier transition, which is weird to say the greatest Mm -hmm. coach of all time. You have a, you have a guy that could replace him. Yeah. Gerard Mayo. Like he could do the job better than Bill right now. Not for the last 25 years for right now. Right. You know, young players, maybe he clicks with Keon white and Christian Gonzalez and these guys, and maybe there's a different vibe and maybe it just changes it up. Like you have an option. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the option is right there. It's literally in the building. Right. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's, and then number three is Matthew Judon and the injuries along the defense. And uh, that sucks. Yeah, it does stink. And he is their best player. Um, he's probably going to be up for the year. I understand that he says he wants to come back, but if this team is sitting at four and 11 right. with three weeks to go or whatever, is that the math? Yeah. Four and 11, four and 10 with three weeks to go. There's no reason for him to come back. Make sure you're fully healthy for the next season when Gerard Mayo is your head coach. Um, so, yeah, that that part's tough. Um, and then the Gonzalez injury, if we want to uh, just transfer that directly into our, our first clash here, we can. Because, Look at that transition, um, Mike Cadillac's like crucial yeah. clashes against the New Orleans Saints. We're learning on the fly here because my first matchup clash to watch is uh, this Patriots secondary against the Saints wide receivers because – I mean, okay, so New Orleans has Chris Olave. They have Michael Thomas. Um, Olave is an up-and-coming receiver who has had his ups and downs, but it wasn't a 1,000-yard receiver in his first year from Ohio State. Uh, and then they have Michael Thomas, who was dominant to start his career for like 1,500-yard seasons or close to that anyway. Um, and then he's sort of been hurt and middling the last couple of years. He sat out, it seemed like. He was really hurt, whatever the case may be. Now he's back and playing, and he's not the same as he once was, but it's also Michael Thomas. So when you're going against this Patriots secondary, anything can happen. Uh, Christian (laughs) Gonzalez, obviously, torn labrum. He's going to be done probably for the year. Um, Marcus Jones is on IR. Jack Jones is on IR. He wasn't at practice yesterday. Jonathan Jones was at practice. I expect him to play. And then the news of the day yesterday, the Patriots go out and they trade for J.C. Jackson from the Los Angeles Chargers, former Patriot, all pro here. You know his resume. Um, he stunk in L.A. He had some problems in L.A., but he comes back, and he's another one of the long list of boomerang Patriots. Um, I understand that he may not be 100% healthy, but look, with where your room is at right now, with Miles Bryant and Sean Wade being your cornerbacks, you're going to probably have to start J.C. Jackson on Sunday. And so having said all of that, even though you may not think of Chris Olave and Michael Thomas as a top tier duo in the, or in the NFL, like the AJ Browns and Devonte Smith's that you already played, they're sort of going to be a top duo against this banged up secondary. So I'll be interested to see how they match up, um, how they play. If JC Jackson starts and if they can slow these guys down, I mean, look, Derek Carr, like I, I know people kind of give him a lot of crap and I get it. Like he's not really a winner. Like, you kind of want your quarterback to be, but he can go back there and sling it. And again, against this secondary that has so many question marks, I have no idea how they're going to play against this New Orleans team. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, yeah, that's it's huge because you lose your best players in the passing game. Judon plays a role in pass defense, obviously right. pass coverage because of these pressures, the sacks. And then Gonzalez, who has just been the tent pole guy back there from day one. Like they put him 
as their number one corner in the summer, the spring. We knew he was going to be the number one corner. He lived up to it, probably surpassed the expectations and hopes when you talk about Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown and everything went down. Um, The thing I find fascinating, and I know I use that word too much, but this actually fascinates me. I did not watch the Saints game last week. One of the most remarkable stat lines that I've ever seen between Derek Carr and Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yeah. Alvin Kamara caught 13 passes, averaging 2.5 yards per catch. We're bitching about Ramondre Stevenson averaging 2.7 in a run rush for the season. This is a guy who caught 13 passes, but it only totaled 30 yards. And then by extension of that, Derek Carr threw 37 passes, but only averaged three point something per attempt. Like, yeah, that's insane. You don't see those numbers. I, I don't even, I don't think I've ever seen stat lines like that. So this is a game where everybody's talking about the two offenses kind of stinking. And mm-hmm. like you got a rich man's middling quarterback in, in car. You got a, you know, young middling quarterback in Mac Jones. At least the Saints have weapons, but it's not really leading to playmaking and offensive success. Um, and you don't want that to change. But certainly right. on paper, the Patriots pass defense – you know, last week, C.D. Lamb versus Miles Bryant. Check win, Cowboys. It took yes. one play for them to decide that was a good matchup for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, this secondary has to prove, even if the Saints are scuffling, this secondary needs to make sure they're not like the get-right opportunity, feel-good opportunity for Carr right. and Olave and those guys. Um, so I agree. Like, just and finding out how you're going to do the job. Yeah, and it's funny. Last week, we were sitting here doing this show, and it was – Okay, at one point, this was the secondary of the House of Cards. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, we don't need to talk about them anymore on this show as a matchup because yeah. Christian Gonzalez, Gonzalez is awesome. Gonzalez is the guy, and he shuts down one guy. The rest of the room's fine with the rest of your second and third wide receivers. Boom, we're not going to talk about the secondary anymore. And now we're here a week later. Gonzalez goes down, and it's arguably the top matchup in the game is the fact that their secondary is so banged up. And I agree with you. I think Jonathan Jones will probably play. He practiced limited all last week. Then was the yep. late travel downgrade to out. Didn't play. Um, people starting to take shots at him, by the way, on Twitter, like calling him the Rob Williams of the Patriots secondary. Like he's always hurt. He's always mm-hmm. missing time, which over the last six months is kind of fair. Um, but I'm also like Jack Jones tweeted he'd be back ASAP. Mm-hmm. And well, that's not true because it was possible right. for you to be back on Wednesday and you weren't. So it's not as soon as possible. Right. Um do we JC Jackson? Is he just going to arrive and play significant reps? He hasn't really been playing for the Chargers. Yeah. Like, is he ready to play? I think he's going to have to. I think they're. I think that's their plan. Is the desperation Patriots? Yeah. Like, look. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how. Like, they don't. They like Miles Bryant, but they like Miles Bryant in what he does, and that is like you know, that sort of hybrid role, not really a slot. Jack of all trades, master Yeah, right. And so they, like, they don't want to have to put him as their number one wide receiver, or number one cornerback, excuse me. And that's what he turned into last week. No boy, no. So, like, again, they like him for what he is. They don't like him in the role he's going to be in now. So I think they would gladly plug J.C. Jackson in over him. And then it's going to be Sean Wade on the other side if John Jones can't play. So, like, I think they kind of have to bring in JC and I think that's going to be their plan is to bring him in, get him up to speed and say, go out there and cover him uh, man, man to man. So I think there's definitely the potential for the secondary to suck. I mean, we just got to put that out there. They could get exposed, embarrassed, look thin. The saints have the talent, the whole thing. 
But also, I feel like they're not that far from if the ifs go to the positive, like if Jonathan Jones is out there and if J.C. Jackson can play and if Jack Jones, for some weird reason, starts practicing late in the week or, or got out there, like I don't I, I feel like they're yeah, they're at this little crossroads here in week five where maybe they're a week away. But in the not too distant future, I could see it settling in post Gonzalez. I'm not saying you're getting anybody right. that's as good as Gonzalez, but if Jonathan Jones can stay healthy and J.C. Jackson can be your LeGarrette Blunt reclamation project who just works better here than anywhere else. Like, right. I don't know that the sky is falling long-term, even if it falls on Sunday against the Saints. Like, you could have a hellacious day. Doesn't mean your pass defense is going to suck the rest of the year, I guess. I feel like there's reason for pessimism short-term, but reason for some optimism over the longer term. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, even this week, too, like, and they could – realize that it's a dumpster fire and they could finally call on Jalen Mills to come over from the safety room and play corner. And then it's like, okay, well let's just get through this week and not be a complete, this complete dumpster fire that we expect them sort of to be with call it Sean Wade and miles Bryant as your, you know, fire alarm cornerbacks. And they might just kind of piece it together one way. And then like you said, next week, it sort of turns into um, what we thought or next week, it basically turns into what it was last year without Gonzalez and okay, they're fine. And they have these Joneses who are pretty good and let's roll. And then we can focus on the pass rush, not being good enough. Right. Exactly. Um, Okay. Cadillac's crucial clash is number two. All right. So I talked about this uh, to you before we came on and we sort of touched on both of these next two clashes in the beginning of this, but like, look, when you get blown out 38 to three, and you have to come back in and win a game the next week. It's a little bit less of like a matchup game, and it's more of just like a, okay, we need to buckle down and play football. And so for that reason, uh, my next clash is simple, and it's Dennis Allen versus Bill Belichick in this game. And it's two coaches that kind of sit here on the hot seat. I'm just going to say it. They're kind of on the – both of their seats are warm. Dennis Allen comes in. Two and two. He's been the defensive coordinator for the Saints for six years. Peyton leaves. Allen gets promoted. He's been around the league. He's not a very good head coach. He has like less than three, three hundred percent winning percent or three thirty percent win percentage, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's a defensive mind, but their offense stinks. And it's like, oh, okay. Two coaches who are at completely different stages of their career. Dennis Allen, this young 50-year-old head coach trying to find his way. And Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. But they're both at this similar crossroads. Defensive mind, offense stinks, team wants to win, owner wants to win. And nobody knows what's going to happen really, you know, for the rest of, I guess, for the rest of the season. And so I look at this matchup and it's like, where do both of these guys find their offensive firepower? Which one does it? Which one kind of grabs the bull by the horns, if you will, this week and says, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to be on this hot seat. I'm done with everybody talking about me. Because, again, the chatter in New Orleans is get Dennis Allen out of here. And the chatter in New England has started to be get Bill Belichick out of here. So I'm kind of watching just those coaches and where this game ends up because one of their seat is going to one of their seats is going to get much hotter. Whoever loses this game. Yeah, the one thing I will say, um, I did a radio hit in New Orleans this week, and Uh the one thing that gives them hope, because they were sort of talking about a lot of the things we're talking about, like these teams are similar, you know, these teams have fallen off, you know, Drew Brees and Tom Brady are long gone, and it's a different time now. Right. Because I think the number is, 
I was looking at some chart, might have been in the Patriots release. Since 2006, Patriots have the best record in the NFL. Saints have the fourth best record. Like for the last couple decades, these have been perennial right. contenders, winners. The big difference now is the Patriots are in the AFC East, where Bills and Dolphins have set a certain bar that's pretty high. Right. You don't measure up. In the NFC South, I mean, it's a better division than I think people expected. They all are playing maybe better. Baker Mayfield has the... Yeah, Baker Mayfield's killing it down there in Tampa. But he could fall apart. And the Saints are probably going to be in it in the South until November, December. Like, just because it's not that good a division. There's not that good a talent. Everything that's going on there. There could be QB changes at any point for almost any team in the division. So the Patriots need this more. They're chasing already. The Saints have a better record, but also need this more. The other side of that is I do think Dennis Allen, it's like, who's Dennis Allen? Like, what's right. he done? Why is he a head coach? Does he suck? Whereas Bill Belichick is like, this is a new era of Bill Bel- Belichick. And we talked about like all these young players. Like, does some of them wonder, hey, I know you guys said this guy's a great coach, but how come bad stuff keeps happening? And like, yeah. we keep making mistakes and the games are kind of ugly. Like, it's they read his bio and they know he's an all time great coach. But is the guy they see at practice and at the games, if you're a young player, is that is that marrying up in your head like with what you expected? So I just right. wonder, he's an old coach. He's an old coach who the success isn't coming the way it used to come. I think that has to create doubts in the minds of new players and young players. Yeah, and one of the things, I guess, you know, building off of like that whole aura of Bill Belichick and what he's done and what these teams mean. And I can't remember if I said it on this show last week or if I said it on my own six rings early in the week, whatever it was. But like this idea that Bill Belichick's teams are, you know, so hard nosed and disciplined and it's all about ball that left the second Tom Brady left. Like that was a Brady thing. Like the, the whole, like we're going to do it this way, one way together kind of feels more so like a Brady thing than a Belichick thing. And like, we're not going to make mistakes and we're going to be on top of our P's and Q's and, if there's a mistake on the offensive line during this game and a false start, it's never going to happen again. Like that's not a thing anymore. And so I, I just wonder, like you, like you said, with gravitating towards this coach, if that's, you know, if that's really a thing anymore in that locker room, it's, it's kind of a fascinating, fascinating storyline. Okay. So Catholic's crucial clash number three. All right. Another, I don't want to call it a cop out because it's not a cop out, but it's like a, it's the number one in my mind matchup quote unquote of this game. Well, then and why'd you make ma- it three? What do you mean? You put it at number three. If it's the number well, one matchup, no. why didn't Cadillac put it number one? Nah, it's it's ascending order. Oh, it's descending three, two, order. One. Three, two, oh. one. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Come Proceed. Yeah. Uh, it's number one. And it's Mac Jones versus Mac Jones. Ooh. So, okay. Uh, Mac Jones. <laughs> it is. So, like we said yesterday, or like we said earlier, rather, uh, Mac Jones stunk last week. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no excuse. He was bad. Um, but there's room to improve. And he spoke about that uh, this week on Jones and Mego and sort of just said, like, Mego asked him about the, about the Saints finally in the conversation. He was like, oh, yeah, seriously. Like, you finally asked me and, like, laugh, joke, whatever. Because he's ready to move on. He wants to move on. He's done with Dallas. Put it aside. And then he was also asked yesterday, um, I forget who asked, but about his confidence and basically just said that, you know, comes with years of practice and prep and I've played well before and I just need to, you know, kind of find that again. And so um, this Saints defense, 
we can call it Mac Jones versus himself, but we can also call it Mac Jones versus the Saints defense because they do have guys on all three levels. You talk about Cameron Jordan, who's going to muddy up the waters on the front. Um, Demario Davis is obviously a great linebacker. Marshawn Lattimore, um, his numbers this season aren't great. Um, like the you know the PFF numbers for him aren't super, but he's one of the top top tier, if you will, cornerbacks in football. You have to worry about him. They have guys you worry about on all three phases. But at the end of the day, the Saints are a beatable team. And it's going to be up to Mac Jones to find that confidence and get back and not continue to spiral like he did uh, last week against Dallas because um, you get Riley Reef back this week. And I know that's not that important, but if they really want to put together a better offensive line, you could bump Reef inside. You could bump on Weno outside. All of a sudden you have your protection. Um, you find these you know receivers and tight ends and get yourself in a groove. And if things are at least decent like they have been for the first you know two three weeks and mac doesn't unravel this is a winnable game so it's going to be up to mac jones for this offense to kind of get moving forward this week against new orleans so uh you're a former quarterback and uh, one of the lies that quarterbacks tell is uh i'm not facing the other quarterback i'm facing the deep no you're facing the other quarterback because if he scores a lot of points you have to score a lot of points there is a certain matchup there that quarterbacks try to deny. And I think last week it was a tough matchup for Mac this Mm -hmm. week. It isn't. And these are very similar teams. They're going to struggle to score points. They're going to be pretty good on defense. And I think that helps Mac in the bounce back category. The, the old cliche from Charlie Weiss, no one ever lost because they punted again, not true. Sometimes when you played Peyton Manning, you knew he wasn't punting. Or when Peyton Manning played Tom Brady, he knew Tom Brady wasn't punting. I got to make plays. If I punt, I could lose this game. You will not lose this game because you punted. You will right. lose this game because you turned it over, made really dumb mistakes, short fields, gave them points. So I think this is a game where if Matt can just not lose it, it's very mm-hmm. winnable. Like the, the right. game will be there in the third quarter, the fourth quarter. And I think that'll help him. I think he was trying to do too much. Those uncharacteristic decisions and plays. He was outside of, I forgot what he said yesterday, the flow or the framework of the structure, maybe structure. Like, he can't do that. Stay in the structure. Right. And if the structure says throw the ball into the ground, let Bryce Barringer jog out and boom a ball 50 yards, do that. Yes. Don't force anything. Take what is there and you'll be in the game. So, yeah, as I, bad as Mac was on Sunday, and again, no excuses, but like the fumble for six and the interception for six was just, it wasn't necessarily bad decisions. I mean, it was, but it was him doing too much. Right. Like, it wasn't like a bad read. It was more so just him trying to make a play when it's not there, and he's not that kind of quarterback. And I don't – he shouldn't feel the pressure this week to do that against Derek right. Carr and the Saints. They have exactly. their own scuffles on offense. So just just play it low. Like, everybody's joking, take the under. You know, is this going to be another Jets game? Is this a 12-10 yeah. win for somebody? That kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of reason – now, when the game declares, who knows? Maybe the Saints hit two big plays and it's 14 nothing six minutes into the game and it's a different game. But right. the expectation from Mac should be, and for this game only, and I like this is not, he can bounce back and he can be a nice, efficient 22 of 27 and the Patriots win. That doesn't mean I'll feel any differently. I still think he needs to be gone and he's the former quarterback of the Patriots. But he can be good enough to win this game this week if he stays out of his own way. I, right. I do wonder where his head is at. I do yeah. wonder confidence wise like yeah you can say confidence is built on years and our you know what you did at Alabama but you you embarrassed yourself in front of 23 million people like 
I don't know how you're going to react to that. And, and then all we do all week is talk about it and keep right. talking about it. It's so like, right. it's not again. And you know, we, we, we do, and we harp on them and that's kind of our job and that we react, but like, yeah, in his respect, like that's not easy to come back from. No. So like, yeah. And so it, you're right. It's, it'll be interesting to see exactly how, and if he does come back from that. And he cares. He is like, right. that's the other thing is I know right. he cares about football more than anything. Yes. He cares about wanting to win and be good and all those things. And if you care, and you embarrass yourself, and then you have to revisit right. it all week long and talk about it. And I'd want to move on too. And maybe that's the best thing. Move on to the Saints. They're not, you know, they're not the Cowboys. They're not going to score a bunch of points. And hopefully it's a better matchup. Okay. So speaking of right. the matchup, we've gone through the three crucial clashes. So now it's time to sort of project a game, project a score, and get the Mike Cadlick view of things. Will the Patriots? back to two and three and start maybe turning the corner towards some positivity. That's the other thing. One and three for the third straight year. Yeah. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. No. So saints and Patriots, which by the way, has swung Patriots. Now the home underdog, they were a small favorite to open the week. I think it was 1.5 favorite. Now they are a one point underdog at Gillette yep. stadium. That's not good. Uh, what do you think? So I tweeted that. Uh, yesterday, you quote tweeted it with the uh, the home dogs. Home dogs are hungry. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the Patriots will win this football game. Woo! I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I do think both offenses will still sort of middle, but I don't think Mac is going to make the same mistakes he did last week. Um, I'm going to go with a final score of 20 to 17 Patriots. 20 to 17 Patriots. I like it. Um, I think that, and sorry to cut you off. I do. I think, uh, it's, it's one of those games where you sort of teed it up earlier where like, okay, they win and they get to two and three and they get another win on their belt. But it's sort of like a Jets win from two weeks ago where it's still ugly. There's still not much hope, but okay. It's the saints and we're at home. Let's just get a win and kind of move on. And they don't fall the one and four and they don't let themselves kind of unravel here. So that's kind of where I have my, uh, my prediction at. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll force people to listen to the other six rings preview. There you go. Fitzy to get my full preview. Um, I think this is a really interesting game. I think almost anything could happen. The only thing I don't really see is the Patriots blowing the Saints out. I don't see like a, a true feel-good, get-right game. Right, um, right. They could get a win. They could lose a close game. Like, there's a lot of ways this game could go. But the reality is they he, he just needs a win. He just needs yeah. to find Mac Jones. And actually, different. And Bill. And Bill, he just yeah. needs a win, too, to sort of change the narrative, right the ship, um, bring reason and, and and even keel nature to his locker room. So I like it, even yep. though Mike Cadlick started very negative, putting Bill on the hot seat and running Mac out of town. He circles back around. We still dub. got the positivity. He's got a dub. He's got the Patriots 20 to 17, getting to two and three on the season. Yep. Maybe there's some winnable games coming. The Raiders are on the horizon. Good news is. The three teams that have yet to score more than 20 points, one's the Patriots, one's the Saints, and one's the Raiders. So look at hey, that. You're playing like equal competition over the next couple of weeks. And, and then they get to three and three, and then everyone starts to ask about playoffs again. So they're the tides are turning here. And then you play teams like the Bills, and then you yes, get your exactly. butt whooped and things yeah, go. We'll but we'll be here. we'll be here each and every week to break down those games, those matchups, the competitive nature for the Patriots and their opponent here on Six Rings and Football Things. Brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, make every moment more. More Mike Cadlick next week. He has brought the crucial clashes to the world of six rings, and it's been a nice addition. So enjoy the game, and if Cadlick's right, you'll be mildly happy Sunday afternoon.
Maybe. Perhaps. We'll see.